And I really think what it is, is changing the word at the beginning of the sentence. What do you want to be when you grow up to who do you want to be when you grow up? And, mm, and isn't oh my God, that theory? That's so beautiful. <laughs> and isn't that what we're about anyway? We're yeah. thinking about the who that we're trying to raise, right? So why not invite them into that and say, who do you want to be? What are your ideas for what you'd like to do and what you're going to bring to the table to our society and this world? So that's exactly it for me. Like that is the crux of the conversation is, could we make a plea to start changing that first word? Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Prisma, a totally new way to go to school. Do your kids look forward to going to school? Do they complain about being bored in class? Prisma is an online alternative to traditional school for fourth to eighth graders. Prisma knows that most of today's kids will end up working jobs that don't even exist yet. So they focus on developing 21st century skills like creativity, critical thinking, and collaboration, rather than having kids memorize facts and take standardized tests. Prisma offers a flexible curriculum that adapts to every child's interests and learning speed, which means your child learns what they're curious about, is never left behind, and gets the attention they deserve from Prisma's expert coaches. Prisma is an innovative online school for fourth to eighth graders that gives them the flexibility to be their best selves while developing the skills they need for a successful future. Admissions for fall 2021 are now live and filling fast. Go to joinprisma.com to schedule a call or learn more. Well, hello, everybody. Hi, future-focused parents. Welcome to another episode of Raising Adults. Kira and I are with you again today. We're going to dive in in a moment to talking about the age-old question that so many kids get peppered with. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I mean, a lot of us are probably still trying to figure it out ourselves, right? I mean, there's that Paula Poundstone joke where she's like, Kid, you know, parents are always asking kids what they want to be when they grow up because they're still looking for ideas. So <laughs> We're going to unpack this a little bit and just talk about, is this even a worthwhile question and what we think about it? Um, but first, we're just going to say hello because we're not back together quite yet. So Kira, how are you over in the laundry room today? I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. It's been an interesting time at the Dorian household with one of my children at school and the other one whose pod at school is quarantined. <laughs> so so there's been a lot of feelings about that for everyone, really. I'm sure. <laughs> but other than that, we're fine. How are you? I am well. I'm just back from kind of a whirlwind weekend in Arizona, which was great to get some sun. Because, you know, up here, for those of you who don't know, Seattle likes to tease its residents. Like yes. you get like a little sample of spring and you think, oh, maybe we're turning the corner and then it'll like rain and thunder. So yeah, it's like 75 for four <laughs> beautiful days. And then it's like 52 and pouring. And windy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and windy. <laughs> so, so You're like packing your galoshes again. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. And it was like a future-focused parenting moment, too, because I took my baby, my youngest, to go tour his first college. And I'm like, how can it be time for this already? It's not. Uh, I, re I refuse. I yeah, refuse it's just not okay. Well, mine are going to be 10 this summer. Oh, my. And I'm really having a thing about it because 10 is, 
I mean, 10 is not little. It's no, just not little anymore. And I'm really not. having to recalibrate my brain a little bit to to recognize like, oh, gosh, okay, they're actually a lot bigger and more capable than I give them maybe credit for. And I need to start really thinking about like a great example is my two are still in like the heavy duty full back car seats. Oh, <laughs> and they're 10. <laughs> So, so I said to Dave the other day, I was like, you know, I think it might be time for just a booster. <laughs> you think? Yeah. It's like, you know, they're going to be dating soon. Like, don't forget your booster. Uh, so I feel it's things like that where I'm going, oh, gosh, when did that happen? When did you get big on me? D- does yeah. that make sense? That's sort of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we're looking at like, wow, you're going to be 10. And we're thinking about like the birthday chore and the birthday privilege. privilege. And those are some big things that we're able to look at now it's kind of wild so Double i get digits. it yeah i get it it's they grow up these they children do. they decide they're gonna grow up a whole decade has <laughs> gone by how did that happen i don't know <laughs> i don't know yeah all right well awesome we're gonna yeah, speaking of growing up <laughs> speaking of growing up quickly and then growing up in general and what do you want to be when you get there and all of the things why don't you start kira and just share kind of your why around this question and all that it holds. Okay. I'm happy to, but I also think, I didn't warn you I was going to ask you this, oh. so I apologize, but I also think we really do need to share what we wanted to be. Oh, totally. 100%. So I'll share that first, okay. and then I'll talk about my why. So when I was little, like my kid's age, so like 8, 9, 10, um, I wanted to be a flying trapeze artist. I mean, wow. um, a broadcast journalist, mm-hmm. or a lawyer. Those were my three big. <laughs> I feel like you really covered the spectrum. <laughs> right. But then when I was nine and a half, I was cast as Annie in Annie. And that was when I decided I wanted to be an actor. So I guess up until that point, those were the three big things. And then mm-hmm. at nine and a half, I was like, nope, this is it. And then that stuck until I was 30. So <laughs> yeah, it hung in um, there. That hung in there. Yeah. Um, okay. So my why on this topic, I. I think actually because of that, because I made a decision at nine, and I don't necessarily regret my decision, but it really changed my childhood to sort of box myself into a corner at nine. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And so these are the steps I have to take to do that. And my whole life kind of became about how do I become an actor? Mm. I just don't want that for my kids. I want them to be able to play and explore, and I don't want them to feel boxed in by me or by anyone else. I want them to know that not only can they spend years and years and years trying to figure this out. But actually, they're probably going to spend their adulthood trying to figure it out too. I mean, I've changed careers a couple times. My husband's changed careers. My parents changed careers. Like this is kind of the norm now is to like move quite fluidly. Is that a word? Fluidly Mm -hmm. um, through career stuff. And I just want to normalize that for them because you know how important that is to me normalizing so that they don't feel like they're failures because they want to switch careers or they don't feel, you know, yucky negative feelings about that, that that's just, yeah, that makes sense. Like as you grow and develop your interests change, the things you want to be doing with your life shift and change and and that's okay. And so the last thing I'll say about this, and then I swear I'm going to shut up is, you know, my parents were amazing about this whole like live your dreams, follow your bliss, and all of that. And I I remember when I was in my 20s thinking, I wish someone had said to me, live your dreams, follow your bliss. And hey, by the way, it's okay if those dreams change. And the yeah. permission, the permission for the dream to change. So that's that's my why behind this. Like, don't let's not box them in. Let's not make them feel like they have to decide that at nine. It's not good for anyone. <laughs> Absolutely. How about you? 
Yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I wanted to be a psychologist or an actress for the longest time. And I did acting, but very firmly only as a hobby, always. And I still actually have an interest in like helping others. And I I see the parent coaching kind of like counseling in a way. I mean, so it's interesting. I didn't end up, you know, doing those exact things in their literal sense, but I feel like they kind of hung out. They kind of stayed with me. I, so it's interesting, but yeah, I think so. And podcasting too. I mean, being in that and the, and the communication degree, right? The public eye presentation, blah, blah, blah. I do feel like I've really used my education in such a positive way. And that's really gratifying. And and I don't think it matters. I want to be clear about that. This matches for today's topic. I don't think you never, never have I gotten the interview question, but what is your degree in? (laughs) You know, so I don't, I don't think that matters, but it is sort of an element for me of, I take pride in it because I knew what I wanted to do. And then I set out to get the education that would match that. And it really Mm -hmm. has happened. And I think for me, that feels positive. I personally don't think it's necessary, but just for the way I'm wired, it feels really nice to feel aligned like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So my why is really about more about the question. And my why is that I think it's so important to challenge assumptions and challenge oh, well, it's just always been that way. So that's my why. Because I think we can easily say, well, but everybody asks their kids that. I mean, of course, what are you going to put on the cute little chalkboard on the first day of school? And so for me, the why is really around, do we need to be asking this question? And what does that bring up for kids? And Mm -hmm. can Mm -hmm. we maybe ask some different questions? And I hope we'll get to talk about that. But that's a little different than the why for the result of the question. I'm kind of got a why around the question itself. I love that. That's a great thing to challenge that. Like, why are we asking that question? (laughs) That's the why, right? Like, I mean, there's my why. Yeah. Why is why are we doing that? Why? (laughs) Why are we doing that? Yeah. Well, and I think, I think some of it comes from, I find this even, you know, in engaging with like my kids' friends and I recognize it from my childhood. It's our desire to connect with children right? We want to understand who they are and what they're thinking, who they're turning out to be. Um, But there's this massive generational gap if they're not your kids. And so Mm -hmm. we don't always recognize that kids have a very rich inner life um, (laughs) that isn't about what's your favorite subject at school? What sports are you playing? What do you want to be when you grow up? And I think sometimes we forget to take the time to just examine who they are right here, right now. And what's going on in that inner life right here, right now that has nothing to do with some of these standard questions that we tend to ask. Yes, that is so true. And also that there are so many other ways we could connect and still maybe get some information about that without this standard question, asking about what are the things you enjoy doing Mm -hmm. and what are your interests or who are some of your favorite grownups and Mm -hmm. why? Is it because Mm -hmm. of their job? It might not be, but it might be. And then you might get a little window into, I I like what they do. And maybe I want to do that someday without asking this. So I just think there's other ways to get there. And you're exactly right. We also really bypass that rich inner life and the imaginative piece and all the things that go on outside of the little boxes that we're so eager to check as adults. Mm-hmm. Totally. I like to ask kids, what are you reading? Mm, <laughs> what are your favorite books right one. now? Because I love books and I can connect 
with them on that, right? And if they don't mm-hmm. love books or, oh, I don't like to read. Oh, that's okay. What do you like to do? You know, and use that yes. as an opportunity. What's that rich in her life? You like Pokemon? Let's talk about Pokemon. <laughs> I know plenty. Thank you, Restorian. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where are the spaces where we can connect to them for who they are right now? And that's the other thing, too. I think when we focus on this, what do you want to be when you grow up? We're future pacing them. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to get them to, to be over here at the age where we can understand that conversation instead of trying to connect with, you know, who you are right now. Well, so. and I think that can be a pitfall as a future-focused parent. We yeah. are we are thinking about the future. And I know for me with olders, there was sort of this tendency, especially as we get to the things like choosing a college, choosing a major, where it's like, ah, yeah, I want to see all the ducks in a row. But here's the other thing. You mentioned it earlier, having room to be fluid with this what do you want to be when you grow up? It's the same for college. Like most mm-hmm. people change their major several times. And so getting kids to like hone in on something. Yes. Sometimes maybe you just have to make a choice in the moment, but ha- idea that we have to have it all figured out or something by a certain age, I think is really flawed in itself because I mm-hmm. still don't have it all figured out. Mm-mm. And so I think there's really a balance here, especially as a future focused parent to say, OK, yes, I'm looking to raise an adult and I want to help them through the decision making process. But it doesn't mean I want to pigeonhole them into a decision that's yes. different than teaching yes. a kid how to make a decision than forcing the what of the decision. Yeah, that's very well said. Hey, future focus parents, we're excited to tell you a little bit now about the Behavior Hub and the Returning to Us podcast. The Behavior Hub uses a trauma and neuroscience based approach to help educators and parents like you reduce stress and improve their kids' listening. The founder of TBH and the host of Returning to Us podcast, Lauren Spiegelmeyer, is a professor, behavior specialist, and coach. TBH is all about using the brain and human biology to get to the root of behavior issues. Lauren coaches, course creates, and speaks. And TBH does things in tiny doses, mini podcasts, short blog posts, and courses that can be taken on anyone's timeline. Everything TBH does is with the parent and educator in mind. So it should come as no surprise that material is individualized to the unique needs of each situation. On the podcast and in the blog posts, you'll get an audience question, try it at home tip, and micro videos that extend the topic. Parenting and educating children is one of the greatest experiences in life, but it comes with plenty of emotionally draining challenges. Join Lauren as she discusses strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional state. Learn more about The Behavior Hub on all major platforms at The Behavior Hub or at www.thebehaviorhub.com. Well, I just remember in college, I mean, I almost had, I don't know, jealousy, resentments, not quite the right word, a longing, I suppose. I would watch my friends who, you know, were in the liberal arts program and weren't in this conservatory situation that I was in where three days a week, all I did was my acting training. So then you only had two days a week for classes. And then you had mandatory theater education classes, you know, history of theater and this, that, and the mm-hmm. other. So like maybe once a year, I got an actual elective that was just whatever I wanted. And all my friends were taking all these amazing classes about all these different things. And I had a longing for that. And I 
couldn't because I had I was so pigeonholed in what I was doing. And again, I was loving what I was doing, but I just remember thinking, wow, if I hadn't made this decision so early, and if I wasn't so focused and, and narrow-minded, for lack of a better way of putting it, a- about this thing, I'd have the opportunity to go explore all these other things. And I would have really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really... That's, I mean, that makes me almost like a little wistful for you because it had to look so interesting and fascinating to just get to explore a lot of different options. And that wasn't really your reality. Mm -mm. No, no. For this decision I made when I was nine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That And that's interesting too. I'm curious about that. And I'm sure this is a, a adjacent to parenting because is there an element where, because the way you describe that, like when I was nine, I certainly didn't feel like I was going to be held to that at all. Like I, but there, it sounds like there's something there that made you feel like you were locked into the decision. So what, where do you think that came from? I did feel very locked in. I don't think that came from my parents. Mm. I think there was a, I mean, I was good. Let's be honest. Okay. I was really talented and I was working professionally from the age of 12. So there was, I think some pressure that I don't think was put on me on purpose or maybe wasn't even on me that I was just putting on myself Mm. of feeling like, wow, I'm 12 and I'm already getting paid to do this. And not everyone gets to do that. So I should probably be continuing down this path. And then I actually also really enjoyed it. So I want to be clear, like I loved it. So it wasn't like it was hard to continue down that path. But there were definitely moments like I missed dances and all kinds of social things because I had a matinee or I had an evening performance that night or or whatever it was. So I was sacrificing the whole time and I wanted to. It's not like I didn't want to, but I remember then when I was older and I was thinking about leaving the business, really feeling like I'm going to let my community down. All these people who believed in me and cheered me on and came to every show and blah, 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 and were watching me succeed and I'm going to walk away from that. How do you do that? And again, I don't think anybody did that to me. I just think that's maybe a combo of like personality and situation, but it wasn't a great feeling. No, I I would imagine it wouldn't be. And that's so interesting because I think it also, you know, speaks to the importance of for you out there as parents to really know your child's personality, because if they're like Kira, they might really internalize this thing they said at nine. And even if some things are going great down that trail, they might have somehow felt locked in. Other kids might like, oh, I like a different thing every six months and not be bothered by it at all. So this again comes to that place of really knowing your kids, Mm -hmm. uh, knowing how they have those individual differences. And that's why, again, back to my why, this is like, why are we asking this particular question? Because I do think it affects different personalities differently. And I'm just not even sure it's the right question. I, I don't know. It, that's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. I think yeah. I think that's a worthwhile experience. And as future-focused parents, all of you listeners, that's something to be thinking about, right? You don't know which child answers flippantly, I want to be a firefighter, and which one says that and then ends up frustrated and figuratively beating their head against the wall because they just can't pass you know, the math portion of the firefighter test when they're 24 or something. Right. I actually know someone that that happened to. And so it just, yeah, there's a lot maybe underneath that, that we don't think about with the context. It's tricky because honestly, if my parents had even a little bit tried to 
say to me, like, hey, I really think you should be looking at some other things and not just putting all your eggs in this basket. I would have fought them tooth and nail. I loved what I was doing. So that's the tricky part is like you have a kid who loves what they're doing. And I mean, it brought me out of my shell. Like this is going to shock everyone. But I was super shy as a little kid, like really painfully shy. Theater made me the loud mouthed individual that I am today (laughs) and the rabbit trailer and all those things that we maybe kind of like about me. So, you know, here they are, they're watching their daughter who's thriving and loving it and so alive, like comes alive when she does this and says, this is what I want to do. And I got this audition, please drive me. And like, you know, I was leading this charge. This was Mm -hmm. not coming from them. So, I mean, I can't even fault them. I can't, I can imagine if I had a kid doing that, I would be a hundred percent like, of course I support that dream. Let's go do that. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what the balance is to be struck there. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. But you said earlier that you wish they'd said, and that's fine if the dream changes. So is it more that it was fine while you were loving it, but what you wish you had known, Hey, once I stop loving it, it's okay to move on. Yeah, I think so. I think if it, if there had been, I think my family, particularly my dad's side of the family, they're all really weird and wonderfully artistic and everybody is sort of different and unique. And I think there was a lot of pressure to stay different and unique and not Mm. like go pick a quote unquote normal job. And so I think if there had been a little more space for, I love that you love this. Let's keep pursuing it. But hey, I just want to remind you, if you ever don't love this anymore, peace out. Let's go do something else. (laughs) Um, I think a little bit more of that subtle messaging would have sure. really, would have really helped. And I think coming back to the point of this conversation, which is not about me, is that that's kind of what we're doing when we're pushing kids in this direction, when we're saying, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or tell Auntie Joe what you want to be when you grow up or whatever it is, is that we're we're sending this message like you need to decide and stick with that. Even if it's meant to be adorable and cute, like I'm going to put it on the chalkboard so that I'll remember what they wanted to be when they grew up when they were six. I just I think you're right. I think it's really about can we find a better way to connect with our kids and understand? Because what we're really trying to do is figure out what are their dreams? Mm-hmm. How do they see the world? What matters to them? Who are they? That's what we're really asking. Well, so can we just ask that? Yeah. And you've just hit it. Like to me, this is why I have the why that I have is I think there's different questions we could be asking. You know, what problems do you hope to solve when you're an adult? What are the ways you want to contribute to the world? You know, how do you I love that how do question. you want to how do you want to help people? And I really think what it is is changing the word at the beginning of the sentence. What do you want to be when you grow up to who do you want to be when you grow up? And mm, and isn't oh my God, that Terry, that's so beautiful. <laughs> and isn't that what we're about anyway? We're yeah. thinking about the who that we're trying to raise, right? So why not invite them into that and say, who do you want to be? What are your ideas for what you'd like to do and what you're going to bring to the table to our society and this world? So that's exactly it for me. Like that is the crux of the conversation is, could we make a plea to start changing that first word? Yeah, I love that. Who do you want to be when you grow up? And what's so great about that is it gives that room for who you are might not shift and change, but the way that you express who you are or yes. the way that you um, embrace and bring who you are to the world, that might change. Because I would say, and I bet you would say the same, if I look at the bizarre trajectory that my career path has taken, <laughs> the who of that has never changed. I literally have done basically the same thing throughout all these weird different careers because of who I am, Mm -hmm. right? I'm a talker. I'm an empath. I want to 
be a part of people's feeling experience and I want to be helpful. Theater does that. Mental health does that. Parent coaching does that. Podcasting does that. Right. Exactly. And you bring your skills, capabilities, your strengths, your weaknesses, your resources to all of those things. So I think the what doesn't capture it as well as the who, because the who comes with you no matter what the what right. is. Right. That's exact. That's the quote. The who comes with you. That's exactly right. Thank you for saying that. Ugh. You bring your who to all the what's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, we are going to be the queens of like the question words because we start with the why, we move to the what's in the house, and then today is the what and the who. And oh my goodness, yeah, oh my, absolutely. we are, and I and and I have to say I, that is important though because we are a lot about the questions, right? And so those question words and which one we're leading with really can make a difference. Yeah, and I actually couldn't even pick a quote today. I have two. Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> before you before you do your quote, I have two more questions though. Oh, let's have questions. Oh, sorry, sorry. I mean, while we're here, I have a question. It's shocking. Oh my we're goodness, su- we're I'm surprised. Um, okay, so taking that same idea, what do you think your who is that has shown up in all the work that you've done? Okay, so here's the who that I've brought with me, the main three things. I love My, that you had three. I just uh, asked well, this, and you're like, here they are, and the, well, do you have an acronym for them as well? <laughs> no, no, not this time. Okay. okay. I have so many just wacky little quirks to my personality, but I think there's three things that are really prevalent everywhere, and that is my love of organization, my love of communication, and the fact that I can handle details. I'm not a great over, you know, like big picture person, but I'm great with details. Actually, you know what acronym that is? That's so funny. It's OCD. (laughs) Organization, communication, and details. Isn't that so funny? And I actually have OCD, you guys. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is so funny to me. So those are the things. And I've brought that into office work I've done because in my other world, I've done bookkeeping for a long time. And I've brought that into my world as a doula, because it takes so much communication to just really earn the trust of a family that you're helping on their birthing day. But you also have to be on top of your schedule and when you're on call and all the details. So I've brought that there. I've definitely brought that into my teaching with birth classes and infant sign language, and I've brought it here. So I think that has come along for the ride the whole time. Dina and her OCD. (laughs) That is phenomenal. It's been with you always. It sure has. It's a constant companion. I think I have an acronym. (gasps) We might have to cut this if it's shit. I'm just going to put that out there. This could be a monumental moment in podcast. Okay, here we go. The acronym is WHO. The W is WHO DO YOU WANT TO BE WHEN YOU GROW UP? The H is HOW MIGHT YOU GO ABOUT DOING THAT? And the O is what options are available to you for who you want to be. Oh, Kira. The who, the how, and the options. I love it. Groundbreaking moment on raising adults. Kira had an acronym. I have chills. So now we'll have a groundbreaking moment the day I take us on a rabbit trail. I was just going to say, you need to take us on a rabbit trail. Okay. (laughs) Here was my other question just for funsies. If you could throw in the towel now, you never have to do your current jobs ever again, and you could go do anything you really would want to do, right? Mm -hmm. What would you do? I would be a travel blogger. (gasps) 
I love, love, love to see the world. My dream would be to get paid for it. And I'd love to just like record my experiences or post pictures, especially because I'm an anxious traveler. And I think that's a unique angle. Like I brought a whole suitcase of food with me to Nicaragua. So I think it's kind of interesting to watch someone with OCD try to be a world traveler. It's just hilarious. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There's totally a show in that of some kind of blog. It would, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be super fun. It's not super practical at this stage of my life, but I would love it. But you would love it. Yeah. Um, I would open a bookstore. Oh! Yep. I would be a customer. I know you would. I'd just have a little bookstore, and there'd be, like, author readings and story Oh, so cute. Little book signings. Mm -hmm. Book signings. Oh, yeah. Sienna and I were there. Yeah, that's what I would do. Uh, okay, so you you don't have a quote today. I, I have two. You have two. <laughs> I couldn't pick one. There were there were just so many. And what was so interesting is I thought there were going to be a lot of cutesy things about the geni- the question as we know it. The what do you want to be when you grow up? There actually were a lot about the angle we're taking, which is mm. like, should we be asking this? So I love this. So I have two favorites that I just couldn't part with. So one is a Michelle Obama quote. Here's what she says. Now, I think it's one of the most useless questions an adult can ask a child. What do you want to be when you grow up? As if growing up is finite, as if at some point you become something and that's the end. Mm. Isn't that great? Well said, Michelle. Yeah, because it isn't the end. And then this other one is John Lennon. When I was five years old, my mother always told me that happiness was the key to life. When I went to school, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wrote down happy. They told me I didn't understand the assignment, and I told them they didn't understand life. (laughs) Are you weeping? I'm weeping. See, I couldn't choose. I just, it makes me wonder. Okay, here's the rabbit trail of the day. It makes me wonder as a mental health professional, like, what all these grownups that move through the world right now would be like if they'd had the permission to say, I want to be happy. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, and there's like a much longer conversation there, I think, around education and the system and and all of that. But like, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. 100%. Well, this has been a delightful conversation. (laughs) And we we hope it's given you parents something to kind of think through, you know, whether you have small people that are getting asked this question or whether you have olders who are looking at career decisions or college paths or majors or whatever it might be, what job they're going to do just to make money after school. And we just thank you for being with us, engaging in the dialogue, because we know you're there with us. We get to interact with you and we love getting your emails. And it's so great interacting with our VIP members. We get to kind of hear their comments on the episode, which is fun. If you haven't checked out membership, do that. It's such a great way to kind of get in community with other future-focused parents who are walking this journey of trying to be proactive and preventative in this parenting journey. And it definitely takes a village to do that. So we encourage you to check it out. You can find out information about that on our website, futurefocusedparenting.com. There is a membership tab. You can find it really easily. And we also, of course, always encourage you, if you haven't yet, consider pushing the subscribe button on our podcast. You won't miss episodes. You'll have access to all the new content. And we would love it if while you're there, you leave us five stars and a review. We always pop those up on our social. Love to share those. And we thank you to those of you who've already done that. We love hearing from our amazing listeners. I mean, you guys are incredible and we're grateful for you. And as we always say, this is truly a listener supported situation, right? Otherwise, Kira and I are just talking out into the ether. So we need you. So thank you for being with us and we look forward to being back with you next week. 
Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in Kira's laundry room and partially in my coat closet. Editing by the incredible Allison Freisinger and music by Seattle band Canna Lee. Thanks for listening. <laughs>